up, everybody, and welcome into episode 16 of the We Like the Pain podcast, a show about two of the worst teams in the NFL, and those would be the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm your host, Oscar Barkas, and joining me this week as my guest host is my boy, Zach Snyder, who's in an organization at AM with me, uh, and I'll let himself, I'll let him introduce himself. So what's up, Zach? Hey, yeah, excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Oscar. Yeah, my name is Zach Snyder, like you said. Uh, I'm from Houston, so, you know, all the Houston sports. I got the Rockets, the Astros, which I know can be controversial, the Texans. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm know, a Astros which, fan, too. No worries. Yeah, so you're with me. But, um, but, yeah, and also, big Suns guy. I'm a big Phoenix Suns guy. Forgot about that. Yeah. Hey, it's a good season for you, then. It is, man. Dude, the last couple of years, because I remember we were down in the trenches. It was, like, six, 17 and 65, so, you know, we're – we're up now. We're up now. I read a good piece about the Suns today. Zach Lowe did a couple of days ago, uh, yeah. basically about how they took the bubble energy and then obviously Chris Paul, the Chris Paul trade that mm-hmm. takes it makes a huge shift on the team. And they took that energy and like, like led to the finals, obviously. Yeah. And then uh, they're doing something similar this season because a lot of people are doubting the Suns because obviously they were awarded some luck in the playoffs with injuries, key injuries to the teams they faced, but they still obviously deserved to end up where they were. They're one of the best teams in the NFL or in the NBA. And uh, the, the article was basically they're taking that negative energy from people saying they didn't deserve it last season and proving them wrong. And I'd, I'd say they have absolutely pro- proved everyone wrong. They've got the best record in the NBA. So, yeah, no, they, they're, they're young and they're hungry. And they're just a bit like, I think now that they're winning, they've kind of like been able to tap into that like energy and really it's like revitalized the team, you know, as well as like the coaching change, Monty Williams has been a huge culture shift. So it's huge shift. Yeah. Yeah. He is fantastic. So yeah, no, it's been really awesome good. to watch. It's hard to hate on a team like the Suns who like pretty much built internally. Yeah. Uh, small market. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker seems like a phenomenal dude. Chris Paul, like the point God, like one mm-hmm. of the best 30 NBA players ever. Like it's awesome to see this team succeed. I just, I'm honestly, they're probably my like favorite team that could win this year. So yeah. Yeah, they're really fun. It's been a, it's so been a good time. I'm joining you in that. Um, we're going to, I told Zach this before the show started, we're going to sort of flip the order of how we normally do this um, and talk about Texans and Jags first. But we got a couple things before we talk about the normal like news media headlines we want to cover. A um, couple things we need to do before we talk about Texans, Jags. So, first, quick questions as always. Snyder, what you got for me? Yeah, so I was thinking, if you had to pick non-NFL players to play at each of the skill positions in the NFL, could be from any era, who who would you pick and what positions would you want them at? Non-NFL players to play. Hmm. So skill players, meaning quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, Mm -hmm. I guess. Right. So tight end, knocking it out, LeBron. We all, yeah, we've seen the videos of him in high school. Dude's a monster. Yeah. Um, quarterback. So apparently, Allen Iverson was like Virginia's greatest quarterback, high school quarterback ever. Really? 
Yeah. So like he's set all of their state records. I'd love wow. to see that guy on a football field. That'd I'm be sure really it's cool. like a smaller Michael Vick type deal. Yeah. Um, Cause he's quick, quick. And I'm sure he's got a cannon on him. Like it's AI. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm filling all these positions out with NBA, but that's what I follow most besides the NFL. Apparently <laughs> the Niners GM from when Jerry Rice was on the Niners said that Jerry Rice was the be- second best receiver that he'd ever seen. Okay, and the cool. first best was, yeah, Wilt. Yeah. So I think, judging based on that, <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, Wilt would have to be my pick at wide receiver. And then that's running back, that's high praise for sure. Running back. I don't know. Do you have an idea for running back? See, that's the one that I was kind of blanking on because I feel like there are several guys you put in a receiver. I'm not I, – I feel like, honestly, like a baseball player is probably your best bet for for running back, but I don't follow enough MLB to really have, like, a really solid, like, this guy would be exceptional at it. Fair. Um, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think about, like, guys in the NBA who, who could – really thrive in that role i think like a guy like drew holiday you know okay quick but like bigger but like you know? stocky yeah right? like, like i don't know if he's like the peak guy to pick but he's like that exi- that type of dude yeah you know what I no mean? i get that i uh i you know we've talked about this on the show a little bit but i'm more of the position that it doesn't really matter who the running back is if the other three skill positions are good and your offensive line is pretty good mm-hmm. the running back's gonna be pretty successful yeah. You know, there's guys like Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor that are game changers, but for the most part, I don't think it matters too much. So Drew Holiday might be a, you know, a five yard a carry type guy with sure. with AI, LeBron, and Wilt around him. Absolutely. Yeah. What a team, man. What, <laughs> what a, a team weird team. Yeah. Probably a pretty successful basketball team, too. Oh, absolutely, man. Cause yeah, you got <laughs> yeah, you got Allen Iverson running. I guess shooting, you could have LeBron running point. Yeah. Will Chamberlain, one of the most dominant bigs <laughs> of all time. And then, you know, two solid guard forwards. I like so, it. I like, yeah. I like the team we've built here. I do um, too. My quick question for you, sort of the same vein, not really NFL focused, but it is my opinion. And I, I don't think these are very controversial opinions that we're seeing two of the best players at what they do ever in history in Steph Curry as a shooter like he is the greatest shooter of all time no doubt and Justin Tucker as a kicker he is oh absolutely dude is lights out Mm -hmm. and we'll talk about the Ravens in a little bit because when you have Justin Tucker on the team what are you doing Uh, Mm -hmm. anyway what is another skill in a professional sport that you would love to see like the greatest ever in your lifetime. Ooh. Um, and it doesn't really... have to be like quarterback. Like sure. we're seeing Tom like some, Brady right some now. Niche skill, right. Yeah. Like a niche skill, like something that matters a lot, but it doesn't have to be. Well, you know, something that this is maybe not the one I'd pick, but something that kind of comes to the top of my head is like, like, we're almost we're almost seeing this in Lamar Jackson, but like really with Michael Vick, who I didn't really see growing up, like a really truly mobile dual threat quarterback, the number one elite of all elite on his feet, but can make the pass, can get out of 
pressure. I think that kind of like seeing the all time greatest at that kind of gameplay would be so much fun because those guys so are like exciting, the most enjoyable to watch. Yeah. And I think the way that the NFL is moving, we have the chance at seeing one of those guys with oh, absolutely with you mentioned Lamar, uh, his backup, Tyler Huntley, who we'll yeah. talk about. Dude yeah, was yeah. fits that mold. Jalen Hurts on the Eagles, uh, yeah, even Kyler. the rookies. Yeah, Kyler. How did I not mention him? The rookies, Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Like mm-hmm. one of those guys could be the the goat uh, two dimensional quarterback. Yeah, I agree. Badass. Well, um, the other thing that I wanted to do before we shift completely into Texans Jags is talk about COVID. So with the new variant Omicron, Liam and I talked about this a little bit last week. It's super transmissible, like ridiculously transmissible. Everyone seems to have it right now. And uh, the leagues keep sort of chugging along. Um, NBA games have been postponed, but for the most part, they're pulling up guys from the G League. We saw uh, Joe Johnson be pulled up for the Celtics last night, which was nuts. Um, guys being signed 10 days left and right. And then in the NFL, as long as you've got 22 guys, I think they're going to let you play, which is nuts. Um, I don't want to go through all the names that have it because we're watching coaches, players, whoever. Um, just look at Ian Rappaport's Twitter feed, I think is, is my recommendation. The Texans have 23 players currently on the COVID IR. So, so that's not good. Um, but like I said, it's, it seems to be chugging along, you know, regardless of your opinion on if that should be happening, we're not watching some great (laughs) quality, uh, sports right now, but I think that's what the NFL is going to aim for. No cancellations. Um, We're going to watch Ian book start for the saints this week, rookie, fourth rounder um but i will say that last week the nfl players association president jc treader said that the nfl was close to canceling the three games that got bumped out to later in the week so there's always the case that happens um but like i said there's too many names to list look at the twitter feeds if you need to Mm -hmm. one thing not necessarily like, of course, it's difficult to take a positive, but one thing that I've at least kind of enjoyed about this whole situation has been like you've mentioned, like Joe Johnson coming back at age 40, Isaiah Thomas getting signed to a 10 day for the Lakers and killing it. Yeah, absolutely going out and crushing it. Like I do, I do think what it does um, is it provides guys the opportunity to maybe like shine and, and, you know, get signed to another team or, or get their contracts extended, make the, make the 53 man roster, you know? So as much as it is tearing through the league and, and, and the world, um, and that's not good to see it is, it is uh, providing some guys opportunity. And yeah, so that's that, true. that is one positive spin that I've, I've taken on it at least. That is, it's good to look at things in a positive light. Cause you're right. Like if Isaiah Thomas continues to play as well as he did in his first game with the team, he could sign on with the team for the rest of the season or go to another team. Um, but yeah, just, just keep an eye out because games are going to keep getting postponed uh, based on player availability. Hopefully none get canceled, but it's a day by day type deal right now. 
Definitely. Well, all right. Let's uh, shift gears. Let's go to Texans Jags stuff because I don't what think we'll spend <laughs> we'll spend too much time here. The Texans beat the Jags thirty to sixteen. The Texans go on to play the Chargers this week in Houston. The Jags go on to play the Jets this week. Um, I'll let you take it. How uh, how do you feel about the state of either franchise? So the thing that so I'll talk about the Texans first, being a Texans guy. Um, okay. I've kind of noticed that like the Texans at the start of this season, people were talking about zero and seventeen. Right. You know? And of course, we're we're really stinking bad. We're not good. Oh yeah. But, but I've seen life in in the Texans when I've watched them play. They be look careful. Like <laughs> be careful. The first. I, I I have to be careful. You can't you can't get your hopes up too high. But yeah. I just I just I see a team that they have heart. Are they talented? No. But they have heart. And You're that's right. something that I can at least appreciate about about the direction of the team is that if we can keep on building positive culture and then just acquiring better talent, you know, then hopefully we can take things in the right direction down the line in a few years. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it sucks that we have to win games right now to prove that because I'd like to have the best pick possible, but Agreed. I still think we'll end up in the top three or four. Uh, we can make do with that. No doubt. Um, Davis Mills looks pretty good, dude. Yeah. Yeah, he um, – coming in, dude, I had never even heard of the guy when we drafted him. I just do not pay attention to Stanford. Well, he also only played like nine games in his career at Stanford. Yeah. So, so I just like just had no real idea of who this guy was, but he's been looking solid. Um, I remember it, when the absence of Tyrod Taylor when he was playing, he did not look as good. No, like when Tyrod was hurt, but since Tyrod's benching, he's looked substantially better. Yeah, he had a game. I I don't remember what week we played the Patriots, but he looked really good against the Patriots, and then has looked pretty good in his last two or three games. Um, I still think Liam and I talked about this last week. He is our perfect quarterback, our perfect bridge quarterback, where we can see what he looks like. He can play pretty well, and I think we'll still lose games, lose enough to pick where we want to be picking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be tougher for him this week. The next thing I wrote, we won't have a single starter from week one on our offensive line this week after yeah. two, of the, two of the 23 that are currently on the COVID list are Titus Howard and Justin Britt, who are our starting left tackle and center, and uh, that's not good. It is not for a team that was already lacking in talent on the line to now be without all of our starters. Yeah. I'll say I like Titus though. I do like Titus Howard. Dude. He's looked so good. We drafted him to be a left tackle. Yeah. And then traded for Laramie Tunsil mm-hmm. and Titus Howard hasn't looked very good at any other position. He's looked all right at right tackle, but when he stepped in to left tackle, once Tunsil got injured, he looked, mm-hmm. he's looked pretty good. He's like, like a uh, like a starting offensive lineman, which is yeah. better <laughs> than better than what we've had for many years. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, you had a couple other notes. I'll I'll shift it back to you. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, the other thing that I've really noticed uh, this is just a short little thing, but 
Kimi Fairbairn's been on a tear recently, man. He what did he hit two weeks ago? A sixty-one yarder. Sixty-one yarder. I was at that game against the Seahawks. It was yeah. nuts. And he's he's like five for five in in the last two or three weeks. He he's really been stepping it up in the last, I, all season. He's been a little bit more reliable than he has in some years. I think this year has been yes. a better year for him. Yes. Um, Once so he came back from injury like two or three games in. And was a little shaky to start, but since that like sixth or seventh week of the season, he's been killer. Yeah, he's been really consistent for us, which I'm hoping can stay true because I know in in recent years it's been some some weeks he looks like a top ten kicker, and then other weeks you're you're thinking, okay, this is you got to get rid of this guy. So. Yeah, this is his last week on the team. Right. <laughs> uh, not to throw, you know, water on the flame, but he is on the COVID list. He, oh boy. he is one of the guys. <laughs> but he and Brandon Cooks were – Brandon Cooks is another name that was added. They were added on Monday, I believe, and both are vaccinated. So if they t- test negative twice, they can be back on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did just sign another kicker to our practice squad just in case he can't make it. Right. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to mention is just really more for the future direction of the team is what's going on at the running back position. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just don't, I don't understand is all we just have these old washed up dudes. Um, yeah. Rex Burkhead I, is getting like 18 plus carries the game the last couple I know. of weeks. I actually had to pick him up in fantasy because um, I'm trying to remember which one of my running backs got put on IR and you know, he gets like 0.4 yards of carry, but with that much volume it's like okay at least he's getting you something at least he's got five points or whatever you know <laughs> right yeah so um, it's, it's been it's been weird i remember at the start of the season we had philip Lindsay too and i was like what are we doing and like, mark ingram yes all these just guys who used to be good yeah you might not even know this name i just know it from like being a just disgustingly into fantasy football but jalen samuels who uh was a running back slash tight end for the steelers a couple years ago is our second or third string running back this week we uh we picked him up so that's good yeah (laughs) yeah Um, right i didn't know that name yeah no i don't blame you for that i don't think i I think i might be the only one that knows that and that's just a poor reflection on me but (laughs) I think a lot of it has to do with us being like the, the worst run blocking offensive line in football right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad we don't have our quote running back of the future. Like I'm glad we didn't burn a pick on whoever running back Agreed. Uh, because whoever that was, wasn't going to be that much better than Rex Burkhead has looked. I think that if we were to invest this off season, there are going to be more veterans that we might bring in on, on minimum deals. Uh, but this might be the draft where we've got all of our picks and then some, we could spend a fifth or sixth rounder on a, on a flyer running back and see how that works out. Running back is I've talked about it at the top of the show. It's the position that I feel okay about not having slotted into our roster. I, I definitely agree with that. It's just more of just like, I don't know. I'm tired of watching these 35 year olds. You know what I, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I agree. I'm, I'm with you. It sucks to watch. We should just not be running the ball is what I think happen. that's, I think that's the, the thing here. 
Yeah. Uh, and then I saw you wrote Tremont Smith touchdown. He uh, had a return kick return touchdown mm-hmm. and was named the AFC special teams player of the week. So yeah, let's go, baby. Really exciting. And I don't know if you saw, but I know that Texans posted on their Instagram, like the sideline afterwards, like, I don't know, just like the, the reactions from the coaches and stuff were really wholesome because it was like, four years in the league and that was his first one so really cool really cool stuff yeah and he only got the the position because we've we cut andre roberts and then we had another injury so i'm happy for him and based on his performance he should get the rest of the season to to see if he can be our return guy of the future agreed um and then i the last thing that i put for the texans is that after this win, we were dangerously close to losing out on the top three pick. The Jets are nipping at our tail right now. Uh, between the Jags, Lions, Texans, and Jets, we're all a game apart. So these last three games really mean a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do play the Chargers and then the Niners and then the Titans. So I'm not too, oh, I'm not too worried go. about us winning again. It's just I'd like to see the Jags and Lions lose or win one game uh, and have us move up a little bit. But yeah. speaking of the Jags, they just lost to the Texans, sixteen mm-hmm. to thirty. We uh, have we're just talking about that game, obviously. But how did you feel? <laughs> how do you feel about the Jags, man? Um... <laughs> The Jags, it's it's difficult not for me as an AFC South fan to not look at them in the most critical lens possible. Yeah, um, oh, for sure. But um, I don't really understand the Jacksonville Jaguars, if that makes sense. I don't know what they're missing uh, besides a defense. Um, like on the offensive side offensive of the ball, line. yeah, it just, it's just like, do you, do you need – my thing is Trevor Lawrence has not been what, you know, the hype. And obviously that can't all be on him. He's on a really bad team with a terrible O-line. But I, I just don't re- I just don't really understand where they're trying to, to go, if that makes sense. I think that they had the perfect opportunity to nail it in the coaching search and in the draft this past year and turn themselves around. They could have been a playoff team this year, build around Trevor Lawrence the right way. And instead they hired Urban Meyer, who then got control of a lot of draft picks. And that has not worked out very well for them. Uh, Speaking of Urban Meyer, (laughs) Liam and I complained once again last week that he should be fired. And not to brag or anything, but he was fired the day after the last pod. So... Shock, uh, big news. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars owner must be a big fan of the We Like the Pain podcast or something. Has to be. No, it's it's about time. Uh, guy's just awful human, yes, and not a good football person either. So, just yeah. overall, really not, not well equipped to be an NFL head coach. No, um, I remember the story about Josh Lambeau that I, uh, I think I sent to you, but it was, you know, where he got, what, what was it? He got kicked by, by yeah. uh, Urban Meyer. Urban and, came up to him while he was stretching and kicked him pretty hard. Yeah. 
And and Josh was like, what the hell? Don't do that to me, man. And Urban was like, I'm the football coach. Like, I'll kick you whenever I want. And it's like, what? <laughs> Who do you think you are, man? Like, so thank God that guy is – I hope he never gets another head coaching job. He won't. He won't. And for sure in the NFL, who knows in college, he's mm. one of the most successful college football coaches of all time. So he might there. Um, yeah. But he, he won't be in the NFL ever again. Oh, absolutely not. Um. The Jags currently have the number one overall pick again. So they drafted mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence last year. Side note here, Davis Mills had two touchdowns against the Jags last week. Trevor Lawrence yeah. has one touchdown in his last eight weeks. Trevor Lawrence, I saw his breakdown. He's got nine touchdowns and 14 interceptions on the season. Yeah. Which is just abysmal. And, abysmal. and that's kind of where I go into – as you know, I, I I don't know how much of it to put on him, but 14 interceptions is not not negligible, you know. No, and you know, Patrick it's Mahomes. It's not a crisis. Patrick Mahomes has 14 interceptions, but he also has thrown the ball like 150 more times, right? And has way more touchdowns and mm-hmm. is helping his team win. I don't think it's a crisis. I think that we've seen poor rookie performances turn around. Um, I just hope they the Jags have to nail their next guy that they bring in to be the head coach because Trevor Lawrence has one more shot before it becomes a really bad situation. And, and that's the thing is it's just all about it's going to be all about his development in the next year or two, because at this stage, he's definitely like he, he has the talent. No, I don't I don't think anybody's questioning that. But it's if he doesn't get the help he needs to develop. I don't know if he ever will, if it doesn't come soon. Um, and I just, I know that like, you know, if we're coming into the season, a lot of people had the Jags going like eight and nine, nine and eight, you know, decent records. And that's just not where we are with the, with the Jaguars this season. And, and it just, if you don't get some, somebody in there that can really like cause a culture change. Yes. I don't know if that's ever gonna really materialize for them. And a positive of Trevor Lawrence is from all the reports we've seen, he absolutely looks like a leader and a pro already. Mm -hmm. It's just the on the field performance that needs to come. And hopefully they can find the right coach that can help drag it out of him. Yeah. But back to what I started with, they currently have the number one overall pick. They're the worst team in the NFL, two wins. Um, They need a lot of things. They could, they could, with drafting pretty much any position Mm -hmm. draft based on talent not based on need however now that they've got their quarterback they might be best suited trading down like if if a washington or a pittsburgh or there are plenty of other teams that are going to be wanting a quarterback in the offseason thinks that the Lions or Texans are going to draft a quarterback in the offseason, like draft one with the number two or three pick, and the Jags still have the number one, they would trade a fortune up to pass the Texans or Jack and Texans or Lions. The thing and, that I am not sure, like as much as I agree that, that would be very viable, I'm not sure if like I think the Jaguars kind of got unlucky this year and that there are no real studs at the quarterback position. Right. I agree, but you never know. There, there yeah, are years where 
quarterback every year quarterbacks are way overdrafted oh yeah um but i i agree as a texans fan i really hope that we don't draft a quarterback yeah i just i would be not surprised if they end up going with what everybody thinks and draft cave on number one you know or like aiden that. hutchison yeah right so, one of those yeah. two won't be shocked yeah no and and if that's what they end up doing like good for them that right meets talented a need, guys monsters super talented can be the blue chipper off the edge that you could depend on for the next five, 10 years. No uh, doubt. I think that wraps up the uh, depressing part of the episode though. I don't, I don't want to hammer the same points home too much. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to revert back to the news section. Cause we, we both wrote quite a bit about stuff we want to talk about and we'll just spitball. Um, as long as we have time for yeah the first thing that i want to talk about shifting away from sports spider-man no way home just came out and we're not going to talk about spoilers no spoilers on this podcast but zach you actually just saw it earlier um for the second time i've only seen it once Mm -hmm. how do you feel oh my gosh um what a movie man i mean that to me is a top three if not top one marvel movie okay um that uh, one thing i really enjoyed as well was like the the energy that people had for it you know everybody yeah. was so excited that the crowd was into it like like people were active during the movie about like you know being excited and stuff and it was really cool just it's it's fun to be in environments like that and the movie itself just fantastic on every level really loved it every level i um obviously there were ridiculously high expectations coming in based Mm -hmm. on things that were getting leaked or maybe leaked. And the fact that Spider-Man is supposed to be one of the heroes leading this new phase of Marvel. And I'd say they not only hit all of those expectations and exceeded them, but they also put together a phenomenal storyline too. Mm -hmm. Um, because Spider-Man movies are always known for a great story, like start to finish putting together, like, you know, getting to know the character a lot more. Right. Yeah. And they, they nailed that. They did. Yeah. It was, I, like I said, adored it. We really probably, I will go probably watch it a third time, you know? Oh, I I will see it again. Uh, maybe tomorrow. Um, so great movie. Yeah um since we can't talk about spoilers there's not too much else to say so moving on we talked about the nba a little bit with the suns and what's happening with covid but we are 30 games in to the season uh which is a pretty good benchmark like you know by now how teams are performing pretty much um so let's talk what what team so you're both a rockets and suns fan i'm a spurs fan and we have to talk about the about the lakers um but what do you want to talk about first um we can hit on the big ones you know that we that you just mentioned we kind of already hit on the suns but you know they've been like we said they've been awesome it's been phenomenal dude yeah um i want to give credit to your spurs for a minute because Dejounte murray let's has go been falling man Dejounte murray is really really nice he's one of the better passers in the league right now yeah yeah um, I, i'd agree and and 
this is kind of another thing that I was going to touch on, but it kind of ties to the Spurs. So I'll go ahead and hit it now. Yeah. Pacers. Um, the Pacers have got a lot of guys on the trade block. They got Miles Turner, Demonis Sabonis, um, Malcolm Brogdon. Okay. And I think the Spurs could be in the discussion for the Sabonis sweepstakes. I think that he would make Sheesh. them a really interesting team. Sheesh. Don't get me too excited now. I. And not necessarily that I've seen anywhere that they're trying to make the move or they, I don't even know if they really have the pieces, but, but, but it seems like they do. They have a lot of young guys and tons of young talent, a lot of young talent on the Spurs, same with the Rockets, but, um, but uh, I just think the Spurs, they could trade for a guy like Sabonis who will give you a good 19 points, 12 rebounds every night. And And he's 25, which is crazy. Young dude young um, um an all-star yeah i think the fact that he's 25 and an all-star and is a dominant big mm-hmm. to me those three factors combine to say like 20 or 25 teams in the league should be calling no matter if you're a contender or if you're trying to rebuild and need an influx of young talent like he's going to help you whatever need you have uh the one thing I know is he will not be on the Pacers by the trade deadline. Absolutely not. He does not fit in with what Rick Carlisle is wanting to do there, which is fine. Um, but I know he's a lot better than how he's played so far this season. And I'm excited to see wherever he ends up. And in fairness, I'm not sure what exactly Rick Carlisle is trying to do there. Um, Fair. I'm not a big fan of the guy, uh, but you know, we'll see. But I'm, I am excited to see what happens because there's a lot of pieces that could really change the dynamic of the league. Uh, for with sure. The right packages for the Spurs. Yeah. Or for the for the Pacers. I mean. Yeah, and for the league in general, there's so many guys that might be on the trade block that mm-hmm. would completely change the dynamic of the league. I'm hoping we've said this a lot, and the NBA trade deadline is usually pretty active, not with stars, but with trades. Um. But this could be a year where it's like active in both fronts. Like there are a lot of trades involving stars. I agree. I hope we see a Simmons trade finally. I hope so too, because it sucks watching this is another tangent, but the Sixers are phenomenal. Joel Embiid is so freaking amazing. He's elite, man. Yeah, elite, elite. The top 10 at the minimum player in oh, the yeah. NBA right now. And they're wasting this season for him if they can't mm. fi- either figure out how to get Simmons back on the team or get a similar level of talent to compete for the finals. They need something, but Simmons has got to go. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, um, I saw you put Bulls are awesome and fun. That's uh, a little little bittersweet for me because DeMar DeRozan was on the Spurs the last couple of years and is now – been nutso with the bulls um but also really fun because nm legend alex caruso is absolutely killing it for them oh yeah i feel like everyone on their team at the start of the season uh this is what i'll say about the bulls is that i came into the season thinking that they were just kind of a smorgasbord of guys and i was not sure i it just seemed to me like they had like a lot of stuff but not necessarily like a real direction or any fair oh me too i thought thought they were just assembling dudes you know yeah um but it's worked really well lonzo is really well another elite passer yeah they've got two 
excellent scorers in DeRozan and Levine. Um, and then Vucevic being your big is just he, – he is really good. Glad to see him on a team that's not the Orlando Magic. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we haven't even really seen him like step it up into what he can be. Oh, yet. right. So if he turns it on, like that team could be nuts. They're currently second in the East. They're going to finish top four in the East as no long doubt. as COVID doesn't. They've been one of the teams that have been ravaged by COVID. So mm-hmm. um, definitely a team that should be on everybody's radar for contenders. Yes, I agree. And I wanted to mention two more teams before we sort of shift gears again. Um, the Lakers, they're, they're currently the sixth seed and losing. They're, they're playing the Spurs tonight, which should be a pretty exciting game. Um, wow, what a disappointment it's been so far. They basically traded half of their team away for Russ and then signed in replacement a bunch of old dudes and uh it's easy for me to make fun of the lakers as a spurs fan but these are the last years of lebron like i want to see something more competitive than what they have so far personally i don't feel the same way i am i am praying on the lakers downfall i'm happy (laughs) to see them losing right now um but i could have told you man that i remember seeing the trade they traded it was kuzma KCP, KCP, right? Yeah. Uh, Montrez, Harrell. Mm-hmm. Um, what they did is they got rid of all their depth for a Russell Westbrook, who is not only no longer what he used to be, but not a good fit for the team in the first place. Not a good fit. That's the big thing. Like, Russ was successful in Washington last year because mm-hmm. he was the primary ball handler. When you're on a team with LeBron, it's not going to happen. No, absolutely not. And just it, there is no, there are no shooters on the Lakers. The best shooter is probably Malik Monk. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. Um, they have their, their spacing issues are atrocious. Anthony Davis is made of glass. Seems like out for another three weeks, I believe, four weeks. Yeah, tough. Um, so I very much the Lakers. I don't really see them getting out of the first round. Um, to be quite honest, who know, because they have LeBron, they're always an X factor. Um, but I don't, I don't really see it with the Lakers. I don't really know how you salvage this season unless you make massive changes at the trade deadline. I agree. And they will. LeBron teams always are active. So mm-hmm. he, mm-hmm. he's sort of at the helm. He, yeah. he is one of the more, uh, active general managers in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> He's no, not I, even I a GM. Season, what was the last season on the Cavs for him where he got like Derek Rose and Dwayne Wade on the trade deadline? And, and then traded like, them away. Like it was like, yeah, what are you doing? It just made no sense what was going on in Cleveland. And I have a feeling that that's what we're going to get in Los Angeles this year. I think so too. Uh, should be exciting to watch. And then last thing in the NBA and we'll, we'll do, I see you've got uh some predictions that you wanted to talk about, but let's talk about your Rockets for a second because they've won a good amount recently and are Mm -hmm. still at the bottom of the Western Conference, which is the ideal spot to be. Right. The thing with the Rockets that I have noticed, so when we were one in 17 or whatever it was that we had lost 16, 17 in a row, 
I, you know, I, I remember thinking to myself, like, wow, I thought this season was be bad, but I didn't think it was going to be Not this, this bad. bad. <laughs> right. Um, and the Rockets are kind of fulfilling my exact hopes right now, which was show me that, like, guys like Kevin Porter Jr., that um, uh, Shen Goon. Shen Goon has been Green. incredible. Yeah. Yes. Jalen Green. Um, He's been guy, hurt. I'm but... forgetting his name right now. Um, there's a there's an there's a dude on the Rockets like the, I, I don't know but but you you know what I'm getting at like all the young guys have really developed in the way that I was hoping and Christian Wood has still been Christian Wood so they're kind of, but we're still we're still not good enough to just I, the last thing I want is to be a 10 seed you know yes absolutely no you want to be a bottom three team in the NBA so that right. you can get one of those top picks and really really turn it on in terms of youth development absolutely and that's kind of what i've been uh one thing that i don't like recently about the rockets is not necessarily about the rockets but more about the dialogue the rockets is that jalen green has been missing a few games and the rockets have won some games in his absence and people seem to be correlating the two things when that's just not there jalen green is a winner he is a talented guy and i don't I, I refuse to accept that take that the Rockets are better because he's gone. Also, teams with young guards notoriously are, you know, high turnover for the most part, losing basketball teams. Mm-hmm. And that's just something you have to take. That's what you knew was going to happen when you took him second overall. Um, sure. The, even if it is his fault that they or not, even if it is there is a correlation there you still want that dude playing as much as possible because he will be a winner he wants to win games it's not that he's like out there trying to lose but uh i you know the the rockets is all about youth development right now who cares Mm -hmm. if you're winning right and and jalen green his consistency is not where it needs to be, but he's already had games this season. I think it was the third game of the season. He exploded for like 35. He's, right. he's, got, he's got what it takes. Oh, yeah. He's got it. Yeah. Um, um, and then, actually, I saw we need to talk about this also. Kyrie Irving, speak, kind of reverting back to COVID, is famously unvaccinated and because of that cannot play home games for the Nets. And because of that, before the season, they had – the Nets had said, all right, you're not playing at all for us. Recently, they have kind of backtracked a little bit and said, all right, you can play road games. And there's a few different ways to take that. Number one, COVID has wrecked the team in general. They need players. They need Mm -hmm. people. Kevin Durant's out right now. You are not going to be winning games without KD. They need another person to come step in. Um, And then number two, which I think is more likely they want to trade him and teams have said, we're not going to trade for him unless we see what he's got. And um, the only way to do that is to play him on the road. So that's what I think is more likely. I think it's somewhere in between where, you know, they do want to trade him, but they also, they need to win games because they're trying to contend. And realistically like you said they they have eight guys nine guys healthy on the roster right now so it's just you're you're scrapping for whatever you can get yeah. um so i think i think it's kind of a combination of both of those factors that's that's making them play but it's just been really interesting to see the discourse around that whole situation because some people are happy that he's playing some people are 
upset that, uh, you know, with the whole, the way the team's handling it, it's, it's just been a really interesting situation. Yeah. It's weird, weird times we're living in for sure. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, you, you put down here wanting to do rookie of the year, six man of the year, MVP, most improved player, maybe. So we can talk about DeJounte Murray maybe again. Oh yeah. And then finals predictions. So who do you got for all of those awards? So rookie of the year. So I'm going to say who, okay. So here's what I'll say. The rookie of the year, if Alperen Sengun was allowed to play as many minutes a game as these other guys, he'd be the runaway rookie of the year. When you look at his per 36 stats, it's not even close. But he plays like 14 minutes a game. So yeah. But, but my pick for rookie of the year, I think at this stage is Evan Mobley. For sure. Barely. I think he really you think barely. Scotty Barnes. Scotty oh, Barnes. Okay. Fair. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a two man race. not close with anybody else. Yeah, it's a two man race. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my pick so far is for sure Evan Mobley. Mobley has been really solid. The Caps have way exceeded expectations. They're the four seed in the East, if I'm not mistaken. They are. So, Nuts. yeah. So Evan Mobley has got to be my pick right now. And speaking to like you talking about the Rockets winning games without Jalen Green, the games that Mobley's missed, the Cavs are getting clobbered. Yeah. So he's making uh, a difference he's right making now. a huge difference right now and he's a big man it's not comparable to the Jalen green situation but it's really cool to see six mm-hmm. man of the year who do you think um right now i like tyler hero um dude's been nuts he's been, he's been crazy he's the leading bench scorer in the entire nba if uh i saw that stat in the heat game like a night or two ago um and it's not surprising he's been balling out of his mind shooting crazy efficient putting up a lot so you think it's because Jack Harlow made a song named Tyler Hero? You know, I think that had to do with it. The little white boy swag. <laughs> um, I, I have to talk about a former spur here for a second. I think it probably will be Tyler Hero, especially, you know, the, the media narrative loves Miami. And obviously he's been phenomenal. But Patty Mills, he's not going to score enough. He's not going to put up enough stats, but. As far as the energy guy, fill in whatever role the Nets need for him has been so good. And he's like maybe six foot and he's like been pretty good on defense. Not good, good, but like when they need him to make a stop, he will make a stop. Um, So I love Patty. Um, MVP right now to me, probably Kevin Durant. Uh, just because Brooklyn is at the top of the East, but there are four players that I think it could go to Katie, Giannis, Steph, Nikola Jokic. And, That's my four. And mm-hmm. any of those four make me happy. Mm-hmm. I like Steph just because, I mean, really like last season, I think, to be honest, I think he deserved it over Jokic. Don't get me wrong. It, Jokic is incredible and he's putting up two of the greatest seasons we've ever seen from center. But Stephen Curry has put up two of the greatest seasons you've ever seen from a point guard, you know. Right. So I, it's it's re- it's really tough. Um, but I I don't know. Maybe it's just my bias because Steph just broke the record, and it's been exciting watching him do what he's he done. He has the media narrative, which is he helpful. He does, and the thing is, is that the Warriors are good now without Clay Thompson. They yeah. are they are twenty four and six something yeah. like that, and. That's not what any – everybody was like, once the Warriors get Clay Thompson back, they're going to be threats in the West. They could win it all today. <laughs> yeah. They're so. a, they're a top three to five team right now. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So very scary team. And I, I just, I like Steph uh, as my MVP. That's fair. Yeah. I, I think any of those four guys you make a case for, I'm happy with it. Absolutely. Most improved player. I just wanted to add on, you didn't have it listed, but uh, DeJounte is making his, making his claim, staking his claim for that right now. Um, he has been, he has filled in the hole that DeMar DeRozan left. You talked about how good he is as a passer. He's one of the league's best perimeter defenders. I just love him so much. For him to win most improved and potentially make an all-star team, it's just going to take the Spurs winning more games. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I definitely – I like him as a candidate. He – I mean, he's averaging near a triple-double. The guy's been um, exceptional, um, and I like him a lot. The other guy – now, this is more of a sleeper guy. I don't know if he really has any realistic chances, but I think it'd be fun would be Kyle Kuzma because of how – Dude, what – he has yeah. changed his role completely from what he was in LA to what he's is for the wizards. And I'm loving it. I'm loving, I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. The wizards doing well. Kuzma doing well. It's been really cool. Yeah, no, I think, I think he's a good candidate for sure. And then mm-hmm. finals. It's too easy to say sun's nets right now. Cause they're the top of the conferences. Sure. But I think Right now, the Suns are my pick to leave the West. Who knows what the what the Warriors look like with Clay back? If he is eighty percent of himself, they might be the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be really fun to see a Suns uh, Bucks rematch. That could be really fun. What I where my head is at is I really like the Miami Heat right now. Okay, the wow. Miami Heat, man they they are scary deep. They've got Bam out of bio, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson, and Tyler Hero. That is a that is a nasty team. That is yeah, a really, that's really fair. Bam is out for a little bit right now, uh, mm-hmm. so that hurts. And they, they might not even, you know, they they might come out of the regular season as the fifth or sixth seed or something like they that. Um, and I don't think that matters at all because they play phenomenal defense uh have some great veteran veteran leadership and are really fun offense when especially when Kyle Lowry is on the floor so absolutely and and they also they have been there they went to the finals played against LeBron and the Lakers took them to six in the bubble um and so those guys have been there before I can see them I don't think they're the favorite but I I do really like their odds I think they're the, the big sleeper in the east right now um, and I think they're a team that people should be scared of. I don't think you want to play them in the playoffs. I agree. I agree. Um, I think that can we can we can tie a bow on the NBA talk. We've got a few quick things to talk about in college football. First, AM, we are not gonna play in our bowl game because of COVID. We've decided to pull out of the game. I feel really bad for Wake Forest because that would have been a really fun game, but at the same time, we did not really have a quarterback going into the game. So I'm, no. I'm okay. I think it makes us look better. I think it does. Cause if we had played, there's a good chance we would have lost and that would not look good recruiting wise. No. Um, yeah, I, I do agree. And there, there was no real, 
need to force that game. Um, just no real major implications or or anything in terms of like, I don't know, next season. I don't think there's any there's going to be and nothing would change from from any the recruiting for either of the teams. I don't really think that it would have been a super exciting game. So no. I, like, I think I think we would have gotten our our stuff stomped out of us. So just because of our health issues and and the lack of a quarterback. Yeah. And we have been doing all Zoom practices since Saturday, at least. It may have been earlier in the week, earlier last week. So I'm glad we decided to pull out because we don't want to go into a game short at quarterback and also unpracticed. Yeah, and that's and that's why obviously I think we're a better team than Wake Forest. I don't think it's even a comparison, but just. I don't, I don't like where the team is at in terms of just being ready to play. Yes, I agree. Uh, and then the other college football news, Bo Nix, who we competed against for four years. Uh, he was the quarterback at Oregon or at, at Auburn, just transferred to Oregon. So he will be their starting quarterback next year. And you put, whoa, there. I agree. Kind of out of nowhere. Also really cool because his first start, at Auburn was against Justin Herbert at Oregon. Wow. That's not something I knew. Um, no, but cool. I am really shocked by the move. I didn't even know the guy still had eligibility left. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I thought he was old. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I do like where it takes Oregon because, uh, you know, Bo Nix, I don't think he's like an exceptional quarterback, but I think he's definitely – on one of the upper tiers as far as quarterbacks go in college football. Um, and I just think it makes Oregon an interesting team that can contend again for the Pac-12. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. No, he's, he is an exciting quarterback. I still, I've, I may have said this on the podcast before. I don't think he's like necessarily that good, but no, I don't either, but he is sort of a dual threat guy. And he could be make Oregon really competitive in the Pac-12. So the shocker for me was just just Oregon. Just you know, I don't know. I just his dad, you know, famously at Auburn, and he him. I don't know. I, I, the fact that he even entered through the transfer portal was a little bit stunning to me. But then to go all the way to Oregon, just not. What I was yeah, crazy, crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, we'll do some NFL news. I don't want to run too long, uh, so let's just pick the specifics. Um, Cooper Cup, ridiculous. Talked about him last week. Got to talk about him again. He had a great game on Tuesday night. He is now 330, maybe three yards away from breaking uh, Calvin Johnson's single-season receiving yards record. Uh, which was done in 16 games. So it, it'll most likely take Cooper Cup 17 games to get those 333 yards. But if he is to play all three of those games, no one's taking that away from him, number one. And also, uh, he's on. Pro- he's projected to go to like 1,973 yards, Good and Lord. Calvin Johnson's was 1,964. So he'd, he'd have it by nine yards. Be to the wire, yeah. I do the thing with Cooper Cup, man. I saw a stat. He currently leads fantasy. Like, so the difference between 
Cooper Cup, the number one fantasy wide receiver, and Tyreek Hill, the number two fantasy wide receiver, is larger than the gap between Tyreek Hill and the number 20 fantasy wide receiver. Oh, my God. So the, di- the difference maker that he's been, not only for the Rams, but for fantasy owners too, man. He, I mean, that just, that just goes to show that he's leagues above everyone else. Um, yeah, dude has single-handedly carried me to the spot I'm in in my main league. So, yeah, I love him. Um, and I, both for him and as an NFL fan, like, I hope he breaks that record. Like, that to watch this. I think it'd be cool, yeah. Yeah, to watch this guy that, you know, he'd, he'd had some great seasons with Jared Goff, but a new quarterback comes in, better quarterback, obviously. Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford is really good. Comes in in the offseason, and them together are going to, are on pace to break this record. Uh, and it's crazy it. because uh, Matthew Stafford threw to Calvin Johnson. And now he's throwing yeah. up. Yeah, he could yeah. he could be the quarterback both times, which yeah. is awesome. Um, another record about to be broken. Aaron Rodgers is about to become the Packers leading touchdown passer. Brett Favre had, I think, 442 touchdowns. I think uh, Aaron Rodgers tied it. Maybe I'm, I might have those numbers a little off, but it's going to be one more game. They play the Browns on Christmas this Saturday and, mm-hmm. and he's going to do it, which is awesome. He's going to do it at Lambeau, which is, yeah. which is sweet. So uh, and I read a story about him, a, a reporter who's been with him his entire career, who's followed him his entire career said that at one point, Aaron Rodgers didn't even know if he was going to ever start i mean he he sat behind brett Favre for like four or five years yeah and now it's gonna break his record which is crazy absurd absolutely absurd good for him um skipping down a little bit we watched teddy bridgewater i i watched the play live and it didn't even look too bad but he had a some sort of concussion neck injury Mm -hmm. and it had to be carted off all of his limbs stabilized. It looked really, really bad. Um, but apparently later that night in the hospital was moving all of his extremities, was talking. Um, so they just think that it was a, a horrific concussion, which not good. Like, that's not good. Sure, but, but thank God it's not worse. We we were watching that game and I thought he was paralyzed. So, yeah. and, and the nicest guy, Teddy Bridgewater, yeah all across the league people love him so i'm i'm glad to hear that he's okay and i'm just i feel so bad for the guy because i really i've been rooting for him since he was a viking and he's just had the worst luck with injuries God, throughout his career. over and over and over man he cannot catch awful. credit to his resilience though yeah for sure and he'll assuming that he comes back from this healthy which from what we've heard sounds likely he'll get another chance to like compete for a starting job somewhere this off season. So. Yeah, absolutely. Quality guy. Uh, and then I, I want to talk about the Colts and then the Titans, or actually I'll talk about Titans first because it's been a weird year for them. Lots of injuries Tons. right now. They're down both their starting left tackle and right tackle and their swing tackle. So they're down to their fourth and fifth string offensive tackles. Good luck, Ryan uh, Tannehill. A.J. Brown is back, though. He's been on the IR for, I think, three or four weeks and was hurt going on to the IR, was was not performing well. If he's healthy, if he's back this week, he's supposed to play this week. That is an immediate lift to the Titans, who 
are still competing for the AFC South. The Titans could absolutely take the the division, and and you know if Derrick Henry comes back in time, they could they could be a real. They're a scary team. Yeah. yeah, they're a scary team with Derrick Henry. Speaking of scary teams with running backs, let's shift the Colts because I think we can talk a little bit more there. Yeah, you go for it. Yeah, man. Um, I, I've said before, I've, I'll say it again. I've been a hater of this guy for years, but Carson Wentz is terrible. Carson Wentz is. <laughs> didn't he throw? Of, didn't he throw five passes? I think the, he completed five game? passes. I think he was five of nine. Yeah, um, and they still yards. They still killed them. Like it. It was. I don't remember the final score, but it was closer than it seemed. Twenty-seven to thirteen. Yeah, like it was a lot worse than that. Um, yeah. and it's all it, Jonathan Taylor. It is. It does not matter how bad Carson Wentz can be. Carson Wentz might be the worst starting quarterback in the NFL, and it doesn't matter because Jonathan Taylor is – I if he does not win the MVP, I, I, I don't know, because there's no quarterback. This is the year to do before. it. Yeah. This is the year to do it. I'd say right now Aaron Rodgers is the favorite, um, mm-hmm. and – now we got to talk about Cooper Cup too. If he was yeah. to break that receiving yards record, absolutely. Uh, Tom Brady, after last week's stinker, is going to really have to light it up these last three games to to get back into the conversation. I do want to say, a couple weeks ago, I said that if the if the Chiefs went on a tear on a winning streak, Patrick Mahomes would find his way back into the conversation, and he has also. But it, I think it's got to be if if the Colts end up with the winning the AFC South and like a, a top three, top two seed in the AFC, it should be Jonathan Taylor. Cause that team's going as far as he goes. I, I agree. I just, I think there's no, I, 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 he's the people's MVP for sure. Yes. Um, yeah. Everyone who, who pays attention knows that he's the MVP. And if a quarterback wins the award because it's a quarterback award, then, then so be it. But but that man has taken the Colts from probably what is a five and nine team to what is now a nine and five team, you know? Yeah, that so, dude is nuts. And he's crazy. And running backs that are built like him and Derrick Henry succeed even more as the mm-hmm. as the temperature gets colder because no one wants to tackle them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that team is gonna be scary also. And congrats to Jonathan Taylor. Even if he doesn't win MVP, he is a second year player who just made the Pro Bowl. And the Colts lead the league with Pro Bowlers with seven. So great for them. Um, Very good team at every position except for quarterback. And that's the, that's that sucks. They could have gone a different direction than Carson wants this offseason and instead are now trading next year's first rounder for him. So, yep. Yeah, very unfortunate for, for to be in that situation with a guy who just clearly isn't going to work out. But I do – I hope – Hey, you never know. People were saying that about uh, Joe Flacco with the Ravens. Every other position on the team is great except for him. And then he went on the run and won that Super Bowl. So, oh yeah, no, he they could they could do it. I I'm not doubting the Colts are probably the most physical team in the NFL. Um, they're they're tough. They're strong. They are they play really hard. Um, I can see them making a run on some you know Nick Foles or Joe Flacco type of business. <laughs> But, but the difference was that Nick Foles was the spark. Carson Wentz is not the spark. Right, right. 
That's true. And then I, I said that that would be the last thing we talk about, but I do want to say congrats to the Lions. Absolute shocker. Broke mm-hmm. everyone's betting pools. Uh, I picked the Cardinals to win. I think pretty much everyone in the U.S. did. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they still won. Yeah. Um, I saw you had what's going on in Arizona. Really, it's mostly just health. Yeah, I think so. When you're down J.J. Watt and then you're down DeAndre Hopkins and they've still got a lot of other guys, fringe guys hurt too. Um, and now um, Godwin. No, why am I? No, sorry, sorry, sorry. Red teams. Yeah, red teams. Red teams. Um, but I, we were praising Cliff Kingsbury all season. I don't know what that guy's doing. You have Kyler Murray and some of the most electric wide receivers in football and can't plan a fun offense. Like, I don't know what's going on there. You would think that they'd be more exciting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're just, they're very much not. They're just, they come out and they, they, I feel like they get the job done a lot of the time now, obviously. Oh, for sure. They've not the case. They, they're still, I think, the number one seed. No, no, no. They're num- number three seed in the NFC. Um, but you'd also think that they are – you said you'd think that they are more fun to watch, more exciting. You'd also think that they are less lose to the lions but Right. I just remember coming into the season and thinking, well, this team could be um, very much like, like the Chiefs a few years ago where they're just electric, they're fun, they're lighting teams up, putting up 50 50- – on guys you know on teams and it's just not that's not been the case and that's a referendum on cliff kingsbury completely absolutely in my opinion no no one nothing to do with kyler murray or deandre hopkins or any of those guys yeah Mm -mm. yeah because those guys are still phenomenal those guys make plays i mean kirk too just oh yeah another aggie baby gig him yeah even uh zach ertz has been solid yeah yeah and and that defense without J.J. Watt has been really bad. But with J.J. Watt, defense has been all right. And mm-hmm. and uh, loving to see two former Texans succeed over there, even Definitely. if it hurts me a lot. Oh, very much so. Well, that concludes our the majority of the podcast, the meat of the podcast. I do want to talk about our Connect League, the Fantasy Corner. Got to end the episode there. But if you're leaving us now, thanks for thanks for joining. Snyder, I'll pass it to you first. We are the uh, bottom feeders in the Connect League. So how are you feeling? Yeah, so Oscar and I are two of the worst teams in our league. I think I was the 12 seed. You were the 13 or 14 seed going in the playoff. Yeah. Um, But I won my matchup this week. You did. So you're not going to finish last. Correct. So I avoid punishment, um, which is all I did not win my matchup. So So I'm still still worried. I will say the big thing for me this season um, has been just, and I think with a lot of, just about everybody in the, in this COVID year and with more games in the season and in a 14 man league, health has been such a problem. Yes. Yeah. Um, 14 man leagues are hard, really hard. Our waiver wires are looking empty. Yeah. But we, when I, I finally, I, I, I lost eight games in a row early in the season. And now that I've got Dalvin Cook and George Kittle playing at the high levels that they, you know, have always been capable of. That you drafted them to play at. 
Correct. Yeah. Um, I picked Dalvin Cook two overall. So now he's playing games. I'm gonna I'm gonna win a, a few at least. So yeah, you're you know, not finishing I'm, I'm last, the, which is all that matters. I avoided last. I'm not gonna win any money, but I'm okay with that. Um, but but it has been fun. It's been fun to be kind of sitting at the bottom because it's cool when you upset somebody. You know, oh, for I, sure. I beat like who was it that was like two or three, and I beat them, and it just felt so good just to just to knock off a guy like that when you're sitting at like two and eleven or something, you know. Yeah, I think I beat yeah I beat Dooley a couple weeks ago, which which felt good. Yeah, yeah, but um, I'm I I'm my heart's out for you, man. I'm, I'm hoping that you don't lose it. <laughs> Me too, man. I don't want to sit in a Waffle House for 24 hours. Yeah, it does not sound like uh, a good day to me. I I also I'm I'm really hoping that. Oh God! So who's left? Who's left that can lose it? Because it's either Jake Estrada, Bennett, me, or Cade. And Cade I really and I play this Bennett. week. I really want it to be Bennett because I think he'd be really funny doing the little speech that we. Yeah. Yes, I agree there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and of course Bennett doing the Waffle House challenge. I just know the Snapchats would be great. You're right. You're right. So, so Big I. Content. But, but yeah, so we'll see. Maybe maybe I can finish at the top of the consolation ladder. I don't hey, know. Hey, there you go. Which would not be. I'd I'd give myself a pat on the back for that. Oh, for sure. Season turnaround. Yeah, in yeah. season turnaround. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it sucks to, to be bad at fantasy football, and I think that I'll feel a lot better though it, once I am not in contention to finish last. Hopefully, yeah. I can beat Cade this week. I think I. I think he got it. Cade didn't even set his lineup last week, or or he did, but he made really bad choices. Okay. Um, I I know he left know. like I he let he he left somebody in that was hurt, and then the rest of the guys I think he played, but they were all it would it would be the guys that you would normally play, but of course it was not the week that you would want to play. Yeah, in. this last week of fantasy was one of the worst weeks I've ever seen in my entire life. So very very weird week. Um, yeah. He played Amari Cooper and Jamar Chase, who totaled about three points. Meanwhile, on the bench, he had like some forty points from his from his uh, receivers Ugh, that were just sitting tough. there. You know, very tough, but it 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 got me the win. So I'll such as such as fantasy football, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I think that'll do it. Snyder, thanks for being here, dude. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, man. Yeah, and we've been trying. I mentioned that, like, mentioned you being on the pod, like several months ago i feel like so i'm glad mm-hmm. we finally made this it happen yeah i'm sure you'll be on again this this podcast runs for a while so whenever yeah. you want to be on um thank you to all our listeners as always for coming in and hating yourselves with us we will see you next week <laughs>